reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we got ourselves a mailbag. We're going to clean up the Cowboys game, answer some of your mailbag questions. Got a lot. Um, you know, we've been getting more than usual. and We've been pairing questions together and tripling questions together. But we had like 70 plus replies. And now it's like, I'm a little sad because it's like the show is getting big. But now it's like we can't even come close to answering all the mailbag questions. And we used to, I mean, this time last year, we would answer every single mailbag question. Even if it was like a question about the Nets or the Knicks. <laughs> Yeah, Bobby, hi. How are you? Um, the Giants are really, really good. We have a winning record. Everything going is going exactly like we planned and we expected. No, but it's really cool that... Um, I actually, I, It's cool, but it's also not cool because like we, Bobby said, we can't answer all the mailbag questions. But it's cool that we are getting to a point and we get enough engagement where it's just like, yeah, you know, we kind of have to you know, trim it down to the, the cream of the crop in terms of questions. So make sure that you leave a good question. But also thank you for interacting with us enough that we have to get to this point. So th- in a way, this is a thank you, and it's because of you. It's all your fault. Whoever you are, it's your fault that you left the question. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed for listening <laughs> for this. Um, I, I mean, again, it was it was tough. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's just the way it is. Um, so we're going to get into our mailbag. Uh, you know, the injury stuff will, you know, will that'll, that'll come up in the mailbag and, you know, that's more talking about the preview. Um, but we're essentially getting ready for a week with, uh, Mike Glennon and Devonte Booker. It, I mean, it's really going to look like that first preseason <laughs> game, you know, where none of the wide receivers played. It's going to be the starting line with Mike Glennon, Devonte Booker, and Darius Slayton at wide receiver. Yeah. Mike Glennon had that quote after the game where it was like, I was looking around and I, and, you know, it was it was almost like that first preseason game where, you know, they were asking, oh, was it different with starting offense? He's like, eh, no, you know, I, I knew some of the guys. They were familiar. <laughs> yeah. It's like all we need is to bring David Sills back and we are, we are oh, full, yeah. full preseason mode. Um, and speaking of people that uh, we bring back, we got a couple of new people part of the community. We got Steve Sexton. He's always uh, on that phone. Sexton. Mm, yep. Nick Daughtry. He's, uh, he's, re- he's related to Chris uh chris daughtry and uh uh rich rich sexton right he's related to uh it's no steven sexton Ste- steven sexton is related to i believe it was uh was it richie sexton of the seattle mariners that tall ass first baseman in like the 2000s do you remember oh, who no. that is no you don't know who that is nope ba- baseball player matthew uh per perkaville he's a big fan of percocets oh um over in the uk and then the last one, I'm going to be say this very carefully because I feel like they're trying to trip us up. Ever since Giant Insider got 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 with the loose asshole, sure. Um, his first name is Nick, and his last name is Hearn. 
Do you want to say that slowly? First name Nick, last name Hearn. Mm, I so can say, see... say it quickly in your head without saying it. No, and... I, I could see where you got tripped up on it. Maybe it's a real person, um, real name, but I, I, you know what? I'm not taking that chance. Yeah, I'm you not, know what? I'm not old enough. I'm not old and dumb enough to get got got. got our with that. our listeners are smart enough to leave seventy mailback questions. They're smart enough to know our dislike for Giant Insider, and they're smart enough all to right. know how they can get us going. Who, by trying who, to trip us up. Who are all these people that are trying to get us canceled, Justin? Mm. It's patreon.com slash talking giants. Two dollars a month. Be one part away of our from three hundred. Yes, we are one away from three hundred. That'll be pretty cool. We started it around a year ago, you know, maybe probably think thirteen months at this point. So to get three hundred people is really, really cool. It's a really, really good community. Um you get to hang out with uh, a lot of people that hang out during the show and y'all chat with each other. Bobby sends you some magnets, have an opportunity to win some shirts. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. All right. Anything you want to hit on before we get into the mailbag? Uh, how, how are you feeling about this team? I'm and just like in general. It's time to get into Steve from Blues Clues. Oh, no. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. I asked that question because we don't really have that question in here. And I feel like this is such a unique time to be a Giant fan, but if you don't want to talk about it, then we don't well, need to talk about it. Four, we're almost five minutes in. It's time to nah. get the show rolling. It was a good question. Because I no, whatever. I mean, we all we no one feels good. That's 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 it. I mean, we it's a, it's, it's not like we're two and three and just won two games in a row. We're it's we all we all feel bad, Justin. Thank you for making me uh conscious of ha- feeling bad. I just feel empty though. Like it empty not making nothing. it any better. Sorry. <laughs> This is this is therapy. We need to talk about our feelings. Monday is therapy. Wednesday's analysis. Oh, Friday God. is pump ups. Someone someone did that meme for us. Renato Parente at Parenti nine. Who's to blame for Nate Solder being at right tackle and not Matt Parrott? Is it Jason Garrett? Rob Sale? I don't know who makes that decision. Obviously, you know it's a team decision. I would love to get them to ask maybe like Rob Sale in their presser on Thursday with him. You know, where Joe Judge is always going to be a little on guard and say, you know, that's a team decision. Um, so maybe maybe Rob Sale would kind of give you a little more glimpse into that. I don't know. But here's what I will say. I mean, we were talking about, like, we want Matt Parrott to start before this week. Now, after watching this this previous game, there is no excuse to not start Matt Parrott going forward. Like, if Matt Parrott is not starting at right tackle this week, I, you may never – you will see me at Janorth Jenkins cut uh, Daniel Jones playing in the second half of the Arizona game angry level at this team. Like, I very rarely get that angry at the team, and I'm, I'm going to be that angry. At the same time, it'll be 20 minutes before the game, uh, so I won't have much time to stew in it. But, like, there's no excuse to not start Matt Parrott going forward. I blame Gettleman the most, to be honest. I really do. That Nate Solder signing is the worst Dave Gettleman move of them all. It is the worst. 
and you drafted Matt Parrott. Apparently, he's not even good. I understand also coaches make the decision to who starts and who doesn't start. But also, there does come a point where it's like, all right, my job is on the line. Part of this guy's success could be a difference maker. When you're one and four, that's obviously a different story. But starting Nate Solder and running Nate Solder out there, like it's embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing to be one and four, but it's also embarrassing every single week to have, oh, even though this guy didn't allow a sack, just look at how pathetic Nate Solder is and then look at how good this edge rusher did against him. I feel like every single like one analyst, an analyst from another team has made that video every single week. It's, oh, look at how good our edge rusher did against Nate Solder. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah, he's your get, he's your he's your stat padding tackle. And he was put at left tackle this week, which meant he couldn't get all the help that he had been getting. And he got embarrassed. You know, he gave up more, you know, hits, you know, pressures than Andrew Thomas had all season, like by a good by a good margin um, at left tackle. And again, was getting bullied consistently. And he's given up, you know, a couple sacks this year. Uh, even though the Giants O line as a whole hasn't given up a sack the last the last two games, and here's the other thing is Matt Parrott looked all right. You know he didn't look great, but he looked all right, and you could see it's like okay those long arms that sh- that natural strength it shows up with Matt Parrott where it's like is this a beautiful rep by Matt Parrott? No, but he wins it because he's got long arms and he you know he might mistime his punch or it might not be a, a violent punch, but he's got his arms on you and he wins. Or he might lean on this play, but he's got a nice strong base. Uh, you know, he's got good leverage where with Solder it's just, you know, I said, you know, we were talking about it going into this game. I was like, why are, I said, defensive ends are the dumbest people on a football field for not bull rushing Nate Solder. And well, Randy Gregory came into this game and just bull rushed Nate Solder and embarrassed him. You can't do that to Matt Parrott. So Matt Parrott may be bad, but he will not be as bad as what Nate Solder is. And you know what? They put so much effort into protecting Solder. Like, that's what's the most frustrating thing, is that you play Nate Solder over Matt Parrott, the young guy who at least has some potential. Matt Parrott could be good. Nate Solder can't be good anymore. And you're chip-blocking and helping. You're giving all this help. He's he's screwing up the run game on the backside, and it's and you're doing all this. You're putting all this extra effort into a washed-up guy who doesn't want to play football, not in football shape. Like, he is washed up. You're putting all this effort into helping him. Why weren't you just putting that effort into helping Matt Parrott these last four weeks? So he has to play, and he has to grow. And I'm telling you, he will have bad games. Matt Parrott's going to have bad games this year. And more likely than not, he's not going to be a good right tackle. But he is not as bad as what Nate Solder is, and at least he has the chance to grow. Let him have some growing pains. Andrew Thomas got the benefit of the doubt last year. He got the he got the grow. You know, he's not, you know, like look at him compared to the end of last year and the end of last year compared to the beginning of last season. Like he, offensive tackles get better. Give Matt Parrott a chance to have teams game plan against him instead of this, oh, we put him in for reps. And then finally being forced to play him when Andrew Thomas gets hurt. Like, I don't know if we see Matt Parrott all year if Andrew Thomas gets uh, doesn't get hurt. Like, I'm not even joking about that. And you know, and, and you have a track record of last year. Cam Fleming wasn't good and they never played Matt Parrott. You know, they rotate him in for reps. That doesn't do anything. So I, I, I probably didn't, I didn't want to turn this into this huge rant. But Matt Parrott has to start for the New York Giants at right tackle going forward, and there's yeah. no excuse not to be starting. You know, it's pitiful because you do have that investment in him, and you know the the such bad situation, unfortunate situation that is Nate Solder, but such a bad situation that COVID didn't help it, and you know, co- you know, because of the COVID year and the opt out, Nate Solder's here for another year, 
than he should be. And the fact that the Giants just want to keep keep making it known that that Solder move was the worst move of the Gettleman era by running him out at right tackle every single week and getting embarrassed. Uh, it, it, for me, I, I'll feel a lot better about it if at least Matt Parrott turns into uh, something. At least if he contributes for the rest of the year, is guess what? Matt Parrott doesn't play for the rest of the year. A new general manager comes in and... You know, that could be a draft pick that's wasted because we never saw him play and he never got an opportunity to play. And that yeah, let suck. him show that he's good enough to be a swing tackle. Or bad. You know? Or bad. Like, like let him show that he's bad. Let him yeah, just give him it's, it's, the opportunity. Dave Gillen said at some point you gotta trust the young guys to play. Well it's it's you haven't done it. You'd flat you haven't. You've you have neglected playing him for the worst starter on this team. Yep. So far. So play Matt Pear. Or right. I will riot. All right. Or else you'll that's- Burn down the stadium again. Vanilla Vic at Shake and Bake with a couple. That's the same exact question. You are screwing up the mailbag so badly. Well, I I I edit it. Well, I I was going to edit that, and then you said first, don't read the Vanilla Vic. Oh, oh, that's not even a question that counts. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. Look at you. Get 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 get. You are like Nate Solder right now with this mailbag. Next question. Ron Swanson at Ronnie Swanson 69. What's your starting five offensive linemen right now? So we can go quick through this. Thomas yep. at left tackle. We're both pair at right tackle. Hernandez stays at right guard. Price. I, I still got Price at center and Skura at left guard. Skura has, you know, Skura and Wes Martin were like identical this week. Like it was kind of uncanny how close to those guys are. So you could make the case for both of them. But Skura had the better game versus New Orleans. I know it was with Andrew Thomas. Um, so Skura's got the experience. I'm I'm going Skura. And we're playing the Rams this week. And, you know, the famous uh, Wes Martin game was giving up four sacks to Aaron Donald and the Rams. Aaron Donald sometimes lines up over the tackle too, right? Yeah. I'm really begging that he lines over. Is it bad that I'm begging for that he lines up over Nate Solder? Is that bad? Nate Solder, oh, God. I, I, I'm not even, like, having Nate Solder starting this week in my mind. Like, I'm not accepting it as, a like, a possibility. Well, he's going to. He's going to. So, get prepared to be upset. Aaron Donald, Nate, if the Rams were smart, that that's exactly what they would do. That's exactly what they would do. Jeff G at jgrek15. Do you guys think Patrick Graham deserves to be fired slash blamed for this horrific defense or are players simply underperforming compared to last season? And then also Jack Salazoni. Jack Salazoni. After the defensive letdown against Cowboys, do you think Patrick Graham will look to move away from the too high safety look he's been running? So, let's talk about like you know the blame game with the defense right now. Because I think there is enough to go around. I think the number one issue is the edge room right now, Justin. Yes. Like, I think all roads lead back to the edge room. Because I think with, if... The edge, if the if the outside linebackers could just be a little better than what they're doing, some of the stuff Patrick Graham's doing right now looks a lot better. But they are, I mean, it's pitiful how bad they are right now. Like I can't remember the last time the outside linebacker room or our, our pass rusher room looked this bad. Like when has it ever looked this bad, Justin? I like there there, I can't remember a time it's been this bad. 2014, 2015. You know the one of the but years you still had JPP dudes on was those, out. You know, those teams. Yeah. Um, Carry well, maybe win. not. Yeah, maybe. But it's, <laughs> like it's it is they are not getting any type of pressure, and when they blitz, they don't get there quick enough. Um, 
So I I think that is the root of all the, you know the of all the problems, and they're you know they're also not good in the run. You know where we thought Lorenzo Carter would at least be good in the run, he really hasn't been. Oshane Zimenez, he's not good in the run. Aziz Ojolari will make a flash play in the run, but consistently is not good. But going back to Patrick Graham, yeah, he definitely deserves a good amount of blame. You know he's doing things differently than what he did last season, and I've just, I hope I'm not like hitting on this all year because I think you know Patrick Graham has shown that he changes like he's changed he's changed stuff within this season you know um getting like they're playing a lot more man especially on third down right now the Giants are he is doing this too high safety thing that the the rest of the league is doing and I don't know what it it, the numbers look like after this past week but going into this past week they ran it the fifth most in the entire NFL and what that basically does is pre-snap it stops you from like being like, okay, this is where we're going to take the sh- like the big play shot. You know, where if you have a single high safety, a team could be like, all right, we got mana, we got one on one on the outside, move that safety with your eyes, go the opposite way. Like, it can be a very simple, like, okay, this is how we're going to move, we're, this is how we're going to try and get this big play. Or we're going to run flood to this play. And if the safety crashes down, we got to dig on the backside or, or a crosser or something. With, the too high, it stops you, like, you can't really pick and choose your, like, deep shots pre-snap. But what it also does is it takes one less guy out of the box, so the Giants are not playing with an extra guy in the box, which is leaving a gap open in the run game. Um, and it's asking guys to play two gaps. And right now, without Blake Martinez, they can't do that successfully. And that's why teams have ran the ball on them, you know, 170 yards by the Saints, 200-something yards by the Cowboys. And, you know, and, the, and it's not like those guys, those teams weren't completing uh, a high rate of their passes either. So it's allowing teams to run on them, move down the field. And I get the whole, like, you don't want to give the big play. But you know what? You can do that while bringing the safety down. That's what they prided themselves on last year was doing that, bringing the safety down. And they stopped big plays, bringing that guy in the box. They always had the plus one boxes, and they were able to stop the big plays last year. Giants allowed the second lowest average depth of target in the National Football League last year. And this year, they've allowed the fifth lowest average depth of target. So they're accomplishing the same goal, except they're doing it a little bit differently. But then teams are finding ways to complete balls over the middle of the field, where you mentioned a high completion rate. The Giants are allowing the highest completion rate in the National Football League right now. Their blitz rate is slightly higher than it was last year. They're 13th in blitz rate with 23.4%. They were 20th in the league last year, but at the end of the day, they're third. Uh, they have the third least amount of, of pressures in the league. They're third least in pressure rate. Um, they were 10th in 2020. So, I mean, that is a drastic, drastic difference. And also, a lot of people like to say that missed tackles have been a, a problem this year. That actually has not been a problem this year. The Giants have missed the sixth least amount of tackles in the NFL this year. They missed the 10th least in 2020. So, all those things that you said are correct and you know, they're, they're backed up by the numbers. Where the Giants, in a way, it's so, so strange. Because the Giants' defense last year, they, compl- they they allowed a high completion rate. They're just allowing a little bit more this year. The Giants' defense last year had a low average stuff to target. It's just a little bit more this year. The Giants' defense was really good at preventing the explosive play last year. They're doing that again. It's just offenses are finding ways to beat this team in a different way. Most likely because they're doing that too high thing versus a guy in the box. They're running a lot more man coverage too, you yeah. know. But it allows which... less for rotation pre-snap and confusion, which that's what Patrick Graham is kind of known for, and I think they've gone away from that. Yeah, and, and I mean, this past week, Patrick Graham threw a lot of stuff at Dallas. You know, something we talked about is like, hey, you know, 
we didn't expect this defense to look good versus Dallas. You know, we talk about Dallas being the toughest test. So I don't want to like I'm not, I don't want to judge the defense like just on this Dallas game. Like it's I'm talking about like the whole year where the first three weeks uh, I thought were all right. Week four wasn't horrible, but I didn't think it was good. You know, the Saints ran the ball a ton. Um, but it's like they got turnovers last year doing it their way. And it's just, that's all I'm asking. I'm not even changing, like, asking to change, like, a total, just pay more attention to the run game. It's like, don't, stop letting teams gash us in that run game. And, you know, we're going to have a Jabril Peppers question, who I, I think that it's, uh, could have a big impact on it going forward. But that, that is my biggest critique of Patrick Graham. Because it's like, I can't blame him for them not being a pass rush. But I can blame him for the way teams are running on us right yeah. now. The edge room is pitiful. I mean, it's just absolutely pitiful. And Bobby, I, 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 for the first time this year, I looked at the, the directional rushing stats, and this is going to be a big part of my stats report. The Giants' opponent run rate up the middle is like one of the least in the National Football League, where teams are just not running up the middle on this Giants' defense because I think they recognize that the strength of this defense is in their interior defensive line. So... What they're doing is they're running outside the tackles, like over 20% of the time. Like they are going outside the tackles at over 20% of the time because they're they know that without Blake, they don't have that side, you know, that sideline to sideline guy that can really lead the way. Um, and they don't have guys that can set the edge very well. So that is a that is a common problem, and then and the numbers back it up. No Blake, no Blake is definitely hurting this team right now. Yeah. All right, next question. Next, this comes from Ty. At underscore Deke tie underscore burner. That guy blocked me, by the way, so I blocked him back. Good. Um, he's a big he's a big snacks fan, so he's obviously not a you. Maybe fan. that's snacks burner. No, it's not. No, maybe it is. Can Justin apologize for almost making me think Leonard Williams was worth that money and that Dexter Lawrence was good? No, I will not apologize. Leonard Williams is, I mean. This is pretty predictable. I mean, he did have a career year last year, you know, and expecting him to live up to that was unrealistic. In the contract, like he does get, like he is, free agency is about getting overpaid. And he was, you know, the from the trade and everything, like Dave Gelman kind of put himself in a bad situation yeah. where it's like he, like, like Leonard Williams had all the negotiating power. But our friend Glock Roach pointed out the other day, and I thought it was a great point, and it's something I didn't think about until he said it. DeForest Buckner, $21 million. He has one sack, one tackle for loss, five QB hits. Uh, Jones from uh, uh, Chris Jones from Chris the Chiefs, Jones, yeah. $20 million a year. Two sacks, three tackles for a loss, four QB hits. Jonathan, now, Jonathan Allen, $18 million. He's balling this year. He's having himself a year. Three sacks, five tackles for a loss, 12 QB hits. Well, why so, is he balling? Well, he's got Chase Young and, and Montez Sweat on the outside. Now, that's not exactly why. Jonathan Allen's having a good year. He's balling out. He's doing well himself but i think the whole point is he's really having good. having edge rushers that aren't dirt doing nothing for you not having those guys it, it, it kind of helps like having guys that are somewhat productive help now yeah, the thing Jonathan that confuses me really though good. the thing that confuses me though bobby is that we we had then at least the names the names last year it was just a constant rotating cast of nobody's outside of the first three weeks of the season. So that's what confuses me about all this, though, is that, yeah, we can look at edge presence, but how did the Giants with no edge presence last year? Like, are you going to tell me that Trent Harris and Jabal Sheard were really better than Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez this year? Is that really what happened? 
<laughs> Maybe honestly though, and then and then Leonard is, is he has a you know a sack and a half, two tackles for loss, three QB hits, so not great numbers. Um, but when you compare it, it's like it's like okay, yeah, it, does the Aaron Donald know? But is he getting Aaron Donald money? Yes, but so is like. That's what happens with free agency and the yes. guy with the new deal. You know, if Aaron Donald were to be, you know, his contract were up today, he would not be making the money. He'd, he'd be making, you know, five mil a year more than Leonard Williams. Like, like that's what free agency is. As long as he doesn't, he's not a bad player. And Leonard Williams isn't a bad player. And you know what? All, a lot of people who are, oh, Leonard Williams are, there are a lot of the same people who talk about, like, sacks are not predictive and when Brandon Staley talks about like oh we don't always look at sacks that can be deceiving we look at pressures and QB hits and stuff like that that's a lot more predictive a player is they love praising Brandon Staley when he says that but when you talk to him about Leonard Williams being consistent his entire career in those numbers all of a sudden it doesn't mean shit it's so frustrating that now everyone just hates Leonard Williams because he's not having on pace for 11 and a half sacks we knew that wasn't going to happen. And he does need to play better at times. But it's like, you still got a lot of season left. Like, I am, this whole Leonard Williams is a bum and a fraud, and he got his money and got fat and lazy is not true. He does make an impact. Like you mentioned before, teams are just rushing, running outside. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? Like, what is Leonard Williams oh, supposed to do Oh, and also, remember the, the, one of the biggest plays in our win? Again, Leonard Williams making plays when the Giants win football games. It's becoming a common theme. Giants don't win a lot of games, but when they do, Leonard Williams makes game-saving plays. Didn't Leonard Williams literally chase Alvin Kamara down from the other side of the field on a fourth down stop? Yeah, Leonard Williams is playing good this year. Now, is he playing up to his contract? No. But you know what? Like, he's... He's going to have a two-sack game. He's going to have a free tackle for a lost game. He's done it consistently through his career. And again, I always bring this up. When the Giants traded for him, so not the last year, when the Giants traded for him for the Jets, since he had entered the league, he was third in tackles for a loss with interior defensive linemen. Third in run stops. Second in percentage of run stops and tackles for a loss combined. Second in QB hits. Like, the only guy he was really behind was Aaron Donald, who, again, is like a top-five defender of all time. So... You know, it, it's and, – and, oh, well, Dalvin made him. We have a Dalvin question uh, a little later. But it's like Dalvin didn't really start popping until Leonard Williams showed up. Like that was a 2019 talking point that we – or I had on this episode, this podcast at the end. It's like, it's like Dalvin has been unlocked with Leonard Williams coming on. Like Leonard Williams' stat numbers from 2019 are the outlier. Look at his career. He has put up numbers consistently. If the Giants um, drafted Leonard Williams, people would like him a lot more. But it's the fact that we drafted Dal – people love guys that we drafted. They do, and it's the fact that we gave up a third and a fifth round pick for Leonard Williams. I, I, I get it. We always, we've always agreed, trade is bad. Not signing him to the contract extension the first off season at which you had him is bad, and they made their bed now they're lying in it, which I think is a. Uh, I've said that phrase probably a million times about yeah, this giant season. There's bad stuff around Leonard Williams, and again, he could do. He could be playing better right now. You know, you know, week two. Like he didn't show up versus Washington, you know. He like he had a bad game. So I, this I don't want this to turn into like, well, actually Leonard Williams is just amazing right now because he's not playing amazing. He's playing good right now, but he's not playing so amazing. No. But it's like you can't just look at the stat book with with this guy. Now, here's where I want to give them a little credence, and I want to hear your opinion on this. Sure. What if I were to say to you, okay, sure, but that's that's a defensive tackle. Why not pay Dalvin? what he got from Minnesota and go out and get a guy like Hassan Reddick or, you know, someone else 
you know, an, an edge rusher for like a 10 mil a year contract. I don't know. Look, just look at what Leonard Williams did last year and then, you know, and compare what Leonard Williams was on pace to do with the Giants in 2019, by the way, because he had an eight game, beautiful little sample size that would have been half that season. I, I, I don't know. And then compare him, that sustainability of even like guys wanted Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett had one good year. And at, rather than that, he I don't even know if he's had a year with over 20 QB hits. Leonard Williams has been able to sustain things over time. He has. He was 25% of the team last year in terms of QB hits, sacks, and pressures. Dalvin Tomlinson is a run stuffer. So all those people that have... I their- agree, but I would take Shaq Barrett over Leonard Williams. But he was never going to leave Tampa anyways. Um, I don't think you should just pay for edge rushers in general. I, I, I do not want to pay... For edge rushers, but Leonard I Williams. I disagree with that. Leonard Williams has well. All right, well, you would so Leonard. Well, look Floyd, where we're at right now. Leonard I would Floyd. If, if, nope. If, I would not want Leonard not Leonard. Floyd. I didn't say Leonard Floyd. I said Shaq. I would if you said I could trade Leonard Williams for Shaq Barrett right now. I would take that trade. Well, with their contracts, I mean Shaq Barry. We want to talk about a guy that's getting. A lot if of you money gave too. them the exact same contract, you know Shaq Barrett's been good. You know, I know he got good in Tampa, but he's been good for two years. You know, two now two plus years. You know, um, but I was gonna say with Reddick is the one people point to though because he has a cheap contract. If you want to talk about one year wonder, look at Hassan Reddick's stats versus the rest of this. I mean, you know, he before before last year he had to combine seven and a half sacks, eighteen tackles for a loss, sixteen QB hits in three combined years, um, which was Leonard Williams was killing him before that too. So. But Dalvin um, does one thing well, and he does it very, very well. Leonard Williams does a lot of other things. I agree. Well, you know, maybe he's not. He's definitely is not as good of a run of a run defender as Dalvin Tomlinson. But at the end of the day, it is more important to have an interior pass rusher, in my opinion, than an interior guy that stops the run. That's yeah, I'm not talking about just like swapping Dalvin for Leonard. I'm saying, would you? Well, swap no, a lot of a Leonard lot of people would Dalvin. Yeah, yeah, and that's our next question is about that. Um, but here's what I would say: if if you could now Leonard Leonard Floyd got more money, but if you could have got like Dalvin and a Leonard Floyd type pass rusher, would you trade Leonard Williams for that? And the money's the same. I yeah, we need more edge talent. Like yes, we yeah. we. I mean, I get just, it's a so it's a so bad. for people's mental health, Bobby, and this is what I've been telling snacks. Because Snacks has just been, he's been overwhelming. And it's been pissing me off about how much he's saying Leonard Williams is a fraud. And, like, I actually, I got mad at him. And I said, you need to stop. Because I'm actually going to get mad at you. For your mental health, for your mental health, instead of just putting it on Leonard Williams and the contract and he's getting a lot of money. Because in my opinion, you want to know what? That's lazy. It really is lazy. I'm sorry if you feel that way. Put your energy, and for your own mental health, put your energy on the fact that Dave Gettleman hasn't invested one early draft pick, first and se- well, besides Aziz, and that's kind of you can see how that's kind of working out, right? First and second round on an edge rusher out of all these years. When op- when during his opening press conference, he says that one of the most important things to do in the National Football League is get after the quarterback. Now, I liked how he's gone the reversal of philosophies and he's prioritized the secondary. I like that, but if you want to get mad at something, get mad that he's picked all these edge guys, he's invested in all these guys, and they are doing nothing. They are doing nothing. They haven't signed an edge rusher, which, again, I'm glad they haven't, but get mad at that. Get mad at that. Don't get mad at Leonard Williams that proved last year that he was almost 30% of our pass rush by himself, one man. I agree, and that's why the the hypothetical I said is, you know, I, 
I hate hypotheticals, so it's not fair to, to do that because it's not a real-life situation. Um, but yeah, don't blame Leonard Williams for Dave Gellman. Only, his only real uh, investment in edge was, is Aziz Ojolari. No first-round picks, no second-round picks, and even the third-round picks weren't like high, like high, you know, high ceiling guys. Yeah, you know, Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez. You know, I don't think anyone thought those guys were going to turn into anything amazing. Um, so yeah, don't blame Leonard Williams for that. All right, next question. Doe Fresh. Leonard Williams brings out the best in us. By the oh, way. Oh my God. Yeah, we we were fighting about him. We're on the same. But we're side also and... yeah, we're on the same side, but we're also. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. Next question. Dofresh86, aside from missing Blake, do we miss Dalvin more than we realized? I mean, just a quick answer. Yes. Played gap responsibility, and he was a good run stopper while eating up blocks to allow Leonard Williams and, Dal- and Dexter Lawrence to rush the passer. That's where I disagree. And would you use some combination of Rudolph Shelton Jackson's money to have re-signed Dalvin? So the Rudolph Shelton, it's it's... It's a long-term deal compared to, you know, shorter-term deals. So, uh, well, it's only a two-year deal for Dalvin. Here's what I'll say, and and I'll we'll narrow it down to this. Dalvin or Adore? Give me Adore Jackson 10 times out of 10. Can you, you imagine Isaac? what this defense would look like without Adore Jackson since James Bradbury times, isn't playing well? 10 times out of 10. And, and, and you guys want – and listen – does the defense miss Dalvin? Yes, but those decisions have to be made in free agency, you know. And I think the Giants made the right decision by letting Dalvin Tomlinson walk. And you know what? Dalvin Tomlinson has zero tackles for a loss for the Minnesota Vikings through five games. And again, like you said before, he's only good at stopping the run. He's not a pass rusher. He's better pass rusher than Danny Shelton. But like he, you know, so is every single person in the league that lines up and puts their hand in the ground. I'm a better pass rusher than Danny Shelton. Yeah, I'm a better pass rusher than Danny Shelton. Um, but yeah, so yeah, do do I miss having Dalvin here? Absolutely. But am I being like, no, we totally screwed up, and that is not the reason why. Like I said, the not playing the you know stack boxes is much more of a reason why the and Blake Martinez being out is much more of a reason why the run game has been bad. To Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, Austin Johnson's played well. Yes, Austin Johnson has. has been a good player for the Giants this year. Not Dalvin Tomlinson's level when he was here, but he's been a good player, you know? So the replacement has been good with Austin Johnson. I mean, I know Shelton gets put in there, and he's Shelton has been flat out bad. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not like being like, wow, what if we had kept Dalvin? Like, it's, I'm just not. Like, I don't, I don't miss him that much. Yeah. Dexter um, Lawrence not playing well has also hurt too. I mean, that's yeah. somebody that we haven't mentioned too, where Dexter Lawrence was supposed to make that jump, that yeah. third year jump that, you know, he was a first round pick. Dalvin Thompson was not a first round pick. And again, Dexter Lawrence is a guy that you would want to prioritize over Dalvin Thompson because he does multiple things well in a game that is about throwing the football. The game is not about running the football. So he can be on the field for all three downs and he has not met that expectation. Really? None of these players on the defense side of the ball have met their expectation where they've had sacks, they've had interceptions in their hands. So, yes, I know Bobby talked a lot about Patrick Graham earlier, but if Dexter Lawrence can get in the backfield more, if Leonard Williams can come down with some of those sacks that he had in his hands the first two weeks of the season, if Logan Ryan can catch two interceptions that were in his hands, Dory Jackson, that interception in the back of the end zone, James Bradbury, an interception that he had in his hands against Dallas, if those players can make those plays that you can actually point to, and as somebody like me, who's not a big film guy, I can easily point to those plays about its player performance and not just about scheme. They need to make them. 
Yeah, there's plenty of blame to go around on this defense. You know, like I, I, I now, like we said before, the edge is the number one culprit, um, but there is definitely blame to go around. All right. Yeah. What what's the next question? Because we have been like just bang, bang, bang. Every question just like yelling at them into these microphones. <laughs> I think people like it. I think you know, for those people that are listening, they you know they need to hear it. We also uh, we've gotten not a lot of hate, but we've gotten some hate. Mostly, I'm talking about snacks. Snacks, snacks. Yeah, you, I, I haven't recognized any hate. I, this is it's just it literally is just <laughs> snacks. It's because Snacks represents like 10 people in my brain whenever he gives me criticism. Um, he want, he, He's wanting us to rip Patrick Graham and rip this defense more often than we do. So there you go. We just spent like literally, you know, 25, 20 minutes doing it. So now we have a question about We're 35 minutes into the mailbag and we haven't talked about, we haven't mentioned Jason Garrett's name once. Well, he's the next question. But first, do you want to read the ad? No. Okay. I'll read the ad when I want to read the ad. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Anthony. You don't get to play my games. Bordenaro, W A L B. Bordenaro. Bordenaro. Excuse me. Does, is He's the an actual that... weatherman, unlike that fraud, Danny King. I was about to ask. Anthony does the weather like in Florida. Uh, Anthony does like the weather in Florida and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I think he's up in the Northeast now. Ah. Um, but yeah, he's a weatherman. Cool. Good for you, Anthony. Love you. It's not a fraud, like Danny. Wow. Should Garrett limit Jones's rushing attempts so he doesn't hurt himself again? Can we? <sighs> How about situationally? No. Yeah, and and you know what what we when we got this mailbag like these mailbag questions in the offseason, I said stop running him between the tackles, you know. So I'm not going to blame Jason Garrett for him getting concussed in that play, and and we'll talk about that play a little more. We have a Cobb Rudolph question later. Can I? Can we also identify that there's a difference between that play and the two point conversion play that they ran? Yes, that's stop running those plays. Like, does that play get me fired up? Yes, it absolutely does. But those are the plays that will get Daniel Jones injured. No, like, but, I, no but I think there's a fundamental difference between the Atlanta play that they ran on the two-point conversion and that play, and it's the fact that Jones actually had blockers in front of him, so defenders aren't just running like a bat out of hell right towards him. Well, I disagree because that play was designed to essentially be a free runner. You know, it was betting on them crashing in and... We'll talk about it later, but like okay. you were, it was it was betting on it being a free runner. You know, it didn't work out that way. But I'm not going to blame Jason Garrett for that. What why the, the opposite is that Falcons play is like that play is designed like you're probably going to have to run through someone's face. Like there, you're getting contact on this. It's not the same as a read option. So it's like stop doing those. You know, I know the the Cincinnati game wasn't uh like a it was a it was a a, a muscle injury, but that was between the tackles. The Green Bay won his rookie year. That was. That was literally QB power on fourth and two, and he freaking runs over Zadarius Smith and sprains his ankle. Played the rest of the game, but sprained like so. Stop doing those run plays where it's like for sure contact, but over just volume wise, no. Like you, you got to let the kid play. Yeah, thought he's been smart when he scrambled too, um, but it's a shame. We'll we probably miss it for a few weeks. All right, next question. Alistair Logue at Alistair Logue. Loge, Logue, really bad with names. It's like Danny King. He's bad with names too. Do we pay peppers? We are struggling. Actually, another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 in any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Like, uh, 
you know, Kyle Rudolph will. Wow. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes, like Kyle Rudolph's contract, all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sportsbook Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Like Kyle Rudolph. Like, you don't really have to do much, but you get millions of dollars. Mm. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY. Throw down $1 on any NFL game. So throw down $1 instead of not throwing anyone down after a fight. Physically throw down a dollar on the ground right now. And win $100 uh, in free bets. Uh, if either team scores a point, that's promo code John Boy this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for de- details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And I'm staying, I, I, we're staying with it. And we're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I don't Ooh. care if we don't legally have to say that anymore. I'm saying it. I love Indiana. We may be legally getting in trouble because we said it. No, we called the number and it worked last time. I guess that's true. What if DraftKings got really mad at Indiana? What if Indiana said something bad about DraftKings? No, they probably just changed the number to where it's like they they probably have that new number in Indiana now. I, I mean, it, it, it mentions Indiana in the ad. I don't know. Alistair, do we pay peppers? We are struggling for cap already, and with this lackluster performance, I don't know how much we can realistically pay him. That's a good question. Do we give him some huge contract? No, but I think you can get Jabril Peppers on a reasonable deal. You know, safeties aren't getting a ton of money right now. You know, and the ones that do get huge contracts, those teams usually regret it. Thank Landon Collins. He was like the last guy. Yeah, and Jamal Adams hasn't got his yet, but it's like, like, you know, trading for first-round picks for him, they're like, why would we do that? So, you know, am I saying give him some huge contract? No, you shouldn't do that. You know, and if and if and if they don't have if they don't plan to resign Jabril Peppers, trade him. Now, I would like to get bring Peppers back. I'd like to find a way to bring Peppers back. But here's what I will say: this defense is missing Peppers right now and playing Peppers in the role that he's played the two previous seasons. He had eight tackles for a loss last year with missed time. That's fourth out of all safeties last year. He had eight tackles for a loss. He had 11 pass deflections. First of all, strong safeties. Third out of all safeties. That's including free safeties. Like, And he's missed sorely in the run game. Like, He's a really good run defender. And when I talk about bringing that extra guy in the box, I'm talking about Jabril Peppers. He knows how to set an edge better than our outside linebackers right now. He knows how to shoot a gap better than our inside linebackers right now. He knows how to rush the passer better than our outside linebacker. Yeah, I was and I'm fired that. up again and yelling into this freaking microphone. Again. But Jabril Peppers does a lot of things better than guys that are getting a ton of reps right now. Peppers needs to play. Put him in the box and let him play that. And that's when he's best in coverage, when he's playing zone out of there. Will he get beaten man occasionally? Yes. But you know what? Watch every safety in the NFL when they go up against Kyle Pitts or Noah Fant. You know? <laughs> like, they they give up plays. It, it happens. Um, you know, acting like... Like, you know, Jabril Peppers is – Jabril Peppers, I I don't watch every safety, but I, I, I would be willing to bet he is top 10 in man coverage of strong safeties in the NFL right now. I just don't think people watch their watch strong safeties play man coverage. Two and a half sacks last year. Like, he's a playmaker. Playmaker Peppers. And he was it in 2019, too, with James Betcher. Like, he was the best playmaker on that defense until he got hurt. You know, and then Dalvin, you know, played well in the, in, in, you know, the end of that season. So – they got to play this dude. 
You know, he had 38 pass reps, pass rush reps last year. Had two and a half sacks, seven pressures. Like he is a disruptor. Like you need someone to disrupt plays, make tackles for a loss, or you disrupt a block, and that allows, allows Leonard Williams or Aziz Ojolari to make a tackle for a loss. Jabril Peppers is that guy. And what has Xavier McKinney done? He hasn't done anything. Put here's what I would do. I would put Xavier McKinney at the nickel corner because Rodarius Williams is out. They all, clearly don't want to play Darnay. Put put Xavier at that nickel corner spout. And put Jabril Peppers as your strong safety and have him playing in the box. And if you want to play too deep here and there, Jabril Peppers has done it, and he's done it all right in his career as well. Jabril got like six pass rush opportunities against the Falcons. He had two QB hits, and I'm pretty sure that's still like <laughs> top five, top four on the team. So <laughs> Peppers is a playmaker. Is he a perfect player? No. Is he worth fifteen million a year? No. But he's he's a playmaker, and this this team should needs to use him. Um, stop trying to fade like don't fade try, don't fade your real peppers out for Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney hasn't proven it yet. It leads kind of perfectly into the next question because I think I would know your answer because it may match mine. Chris at Chris Kennedy underscore twenty five. Other than having an edge rusher who can actually sack the quarterback, do you think a coverage-style linebacker would fit in this defense and limit these middle-of-the-field throws and stick throws a true coverage, like, we would we want a true coverage linebacker? I say no, because that's when I'm passing downs. I love bringing a safety down into the box to play man coverage, to play zone, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't really prioritize having a, a true coverage linebacker on the team. Well, and the the... The linebackers are missing Blake Martinez in coverage. Right. Well, you know, and it's not necessarily just. Yeah. But I'm saying like they're missing Blake pretty severely, and it's not just you know making tackles in the run game. You know, and, and I'm not talking about Blake Martinez playing man coverage on a tight end. I'm talking about like directing traffic. You know, and when you're running, you know, cover three match, like making that under call in time to get you know to play aggressive. Like they're missing that. Like Tay Crowder, Reggie Ragland. Those guys aren't as aggressive and, and able. They're not. They don't process things as fast as Blake Martinez. Like people took Blake Martinez a little uh, for granted. They are severely missing him right now. Yeah. So next, Jeff Boyd, the Boyd Wonder. Boyd. If the season is over for better or for worse, who is on the trade chopping block? Realistically, not who we want. Ingram has to be right. Like there's there's no way at this point that the Ingram's not he's he's an expiring deal. Yep. So that's the easy one. Peppers maybe right. Yep. Even though I hate that, but if they don't like, and that's what I said before, if they don't plan to re-sign Peppers, trade him because we're not going to the playoffs this year. You know, so like trade guys that you're not going to re-sign. Now there's not many guys that will be trade like be worth tr- anything in the trade, um, but that here's what I want to throw at you, and here's where because you know we can we'll probably get this question every mailbag until the trade deadline, you know, and every week it'll be Ingram Peppers, and we'll say Saquon, but like saying Saquon doesn't they're mean not, anything because the, they're they're not no. going to trade Saquon. So they're not trading Saquon. Do you think Slayton is realistic, and would you? I would, yes, but I don't think it's realistic. Um, Darius Slayton right now is last in the National Football League in yards after the catch per reception. Um, And seeing what guys like Galladay have been able to do kind of on their own, seeing what Shep has always been able to make something out of nothing a little bit sometimes, and 
I know the talent level and especially the draft position between Kadarius Tony and Darius Slayton is significant. You can't get much more different because Slayton was like totally, you know, he, he was a day three pick and Tony was a, was a day one pick, right? Day or night one pick. But I don't know, man. Again, Slayton offers some nice things, but at the end of the day, he doesn't offer you much outside of that. You know, he's last in the NFL right now in yards after the catch per reception. And you have to have a qualifying, like, you have to be targeted, I think, at least, like, 13 times. So, it's not just including everybody. It's including guys that have been targeted enough times. I wouldn't. One, because, I mean, guys are getting hurt, you know. Like, if Darius Slayton plays this week, that's big because Kenny Galladay is not going to play. You know, and having Darius Slayton on the outside is a lot more valuable than having John Ross out there. You know, Slayton, uh, and we, we actually have, our next question is a, is honestly a great one. Um, and it's a very tough one, but Slayton is Slayton is valuable. And, you know, I talked about, I talked about, we talked about this last week. We opened the mailbag with like, what is Slayton's role when everyone's healthy? Well, that's kind of a fake world because no one, they're never going to all be healthy. And, and when they do, it's like, okay, we have a good problem, but we can't bank on them all being healthy all the time. I have one and they giants. I don't think the giants would do it, but I, I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Giants have a very good historical track record of drafting defensive tackles and interior defensive linemen. Would you think about Dexter Lawrence? You're cap stricken. No. no, because I don't nope. think you would get a, a huge. Uh, no, I think would, you what? would get a a nice little package for Dexter. And I'm talking about like one pick. I'm not talking about like a, all these picks. But I think Dexter Lawrence has. You know, he has two but years Dex of good track record. Dex was been good the past two years. I'm not going to throw him away because of a bad start. This yeah, year. Th- exactly. That's my point. Where Ingram, it's like, you know, I don't know. Slayton, it's like, you know. Uh. But I think Dex, if you thought, if I don't think they would do it. I don't know if I would want to do it, but I just go back to this, this, this organization has a very good track record of drafting interior defensive linemen, where, you know, no matter if they let... You know, ever since they let a what Barry Cofield walk, there's been another defensive tackle that's kind of come come in here and has done well. So. Okay, third third round pick. Would you trade Dexter Lawrence for a third round pick? Um, I wouldn't. I'd think about it. Depends what team. It's if a second round, I would still, I would still think about it. Because a second Dex- round, I would take it. I would take a second round. Second round, I would think about it. Third round, I wouldn't think about it. Um. Dex has been a good player, so I, I don't want to yeah. throw him away. No, I, I don't. I don't either. But I just, I just go back to the whole point of this franchise has done a good job of drafting interior defense alignment. Yeah, but we're about to have a whole makeover for this franchise. No more, no more in the building hires. Oh yeah, <laughs> believe it, and it will happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Um, Our toughest I'm, question of the night, by the way. I'm a, it's because I think Bobby and I were a little behind on some things. I'm watching a TV show right now that my mother watched. Um, it's called Maid. It's about a maid on Netflix. Oh wow, that's that's a. Uh... <laughs> it is deep. It's actually really really good. I suggest you check it out. NBA champion Brandon Jennings. It's about a girl that she gets like emotionally abused. Did and she's Brandon broke. Jennings win an NBA championship? I have no clue. Um, wasn't he a Milwaukee Buck? Did they win? Yeah, beginning of his career, he was. Oh, I think he might have been like showing up to the parade with the Milwaukee Bucks. Is what it was. Oh. Okay, that's what it was. See, I know. Or was it Monte Ellis? He has I was tattoos. a big Monte Ellis fellow fan. At Bink that- Burner. Hey, Mike. Sure. First time listener, long time caller. Do you think? Do you think the Giants should send Kyle Rudolph and Nate Solder 
to the Squid Games. Is oh, this that isn't like the, the question games? I was thinking of. Sorry. No, I, is that like the Hunger Games? I'm a little behind. No, it's another TV show that people. It's it the way I had someone like briefly explain it to me on my AMA, and it sounds like the Hunger Games. Even though I've never watched the Hunger Games, I just had people explain it to me. Who would win out of the Giants' worst free agent signings? Jonathan Stewart, Patrick Omame, Nate Solder, Kyle Rudolph. Who would win in like a Hunger Games type type duel? I would give the edge to Kyle Rudolph. Patrick Omame. Patrick Omame? Yeah. Why is that? I just... He lives in Jacksonville? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I don't know. Um... Kyle Rudolph, man. Let's talk about that play with, with the Daniel Jones rollout. Sure. Because I posted the clip, and I, you know, I posted, I was like, I generally don't know what's going on. And that was more of like, that was less of a, I don't understand, and more of like a, what the hell are you doing, Kyle Rudolph, type thing. Um, there's like conspiracy theories that like, well, Daniel Jones audibled out of that. Like, there's no way he audibled out to that and the whole team didn't know. or what, Or wasn't alerted, you know. Like, the idea that it was just between him and Devontae Booker, like, I don't believe that one bit. Like, it would, they would have set it in the huddle, and they got to the ball. They got to, down to the line. Like, they, they was a, it was a play that they were like, you know, they weren't standing at the line. They were like, all right, get under center, go. So, if, if, if there was an audible in it, it would have been like a, all right, what do we got? River, river, and you, and you run the bootleg, you know, where everyone would have heard it. And so, if Kyle Rudolph doesn't, you know, block like that, then that's on Kyle Rudolph, not Daniel Jones. But, you know, the idea that it was just Daniel Jones rogue, like, you know, Devontae Booker's reaction is of someone who, you know, should have blocked. And you're like, well, the whole right side blocked like it was power. It was like, that's the way you would do it. Um, I mean, that that play was just pathetic by Kyle Rudolph, you know. And, and I, I'm just, I am I am so out on Kyle Rudolph. Like, I, you know, that guy went from Minnesota where people loved him, and they're all super nice in Minnesota, to New York. And he is getting, oh, man, he he is like he is like public enemy number one, and part of it is just he's a bad player. But it's like there's been other things that make you think like, does this guy like even care? Is he just collecting checks? Uh, I mean, apparently, some people that I guess are smarter than us have talked about the injury, and the Giants should have never signed him after the injury. Is that the thing that's still holding him back? And he just looks slow. I, I don't know, um, but that's it's it's just a bad. No matter what the outcome of you know, hey. He was signed after the injury. They should have whatever whatever the case is, whatever happened. It's just a bad look. And I and I went off of him. I went off on him on that play on Monday's show. So um, I don't need to repeat myself. It was just pathetic. Like to not have the the instincts to keep that play extended as you watch your quarterback get killed by two defenders is beyond me. So yeah, it was it was pathetic. All right, next question. This was uh, the question I was saying that's really tough. Two questions left. At Big Dash 07088. At Cole Wiss88. Rank the wide receivers on the roster right now. Wide receivers one through five. Who's your one? This is a tough question. Like uh, you can make an argument for three of these guys. I'm are we not in, or, so who are we including here? Every wide receiver on the roster. Except except God. Oh, I thought we were saying like right now, meaning including injuries. No, like fully healthy, all all those guys. So Sterling oh. Shepard balling, Kadarius Tony this game, Kenny Galladay fully healthy. Kenny Galladay. All right, all right. So we both have Galladay as number one. You know, we don't want to go too crazy over the the Tony love. I'm putting Tony two, and and I think he's closer to one than he is three. 
I'm putting Shep number two, and I will give you my reasoning. Give me your reason. Possession. I like my possession wide receivers with high catch rates. Now, Tony has, has, has had a pretty high catch rate, and he has done most of his work between that zero to nine range. So this could be a bad take on my end. But right now, I'm talking about right now, when we get to week 10, maybe a different story. But Shepard has that track record in the NFL of being that catch rate possession guy. I like that guy being my number two. And then my number three being Tony, a little bit more of a wild card. So I'm going to, uh, Tony can change a game. You know, he just had 189, you know, 195 yards when you you add the rushing attempt. Yeah. You know, and he had a drop in that game and he got ejected. He only played like 37 snaps. Like, that's not happening. So I, I still go Galladay one, which by the way, Galladay's not going to play this week. So we are at bare minimum week seven, and we still haven't got to see a Kenny Galladay touchdown, which is what I was looking forward. If there was one play I was looking forward to most this year, it was Kenny Galladay's first touchdown to New York Giant, and we just have not gotten it, which sucks. Like I'm, I'm very bothered by that. But Tony, like, I, I'm close to putting Tony one. You know, like Tony's like he is an ex- exciting, real deal player, and he is. You know, we I was like, you know, we had the take of, you know, drafting someone different at 20. I, you know, ask me now. I know the edge room sucks. Kadarius Tony or, or one of the edge guys, I'm going Kadarius Tony. Um, what was but, your fun talking point about what Jason Garrett did as soon as uh, Tony got kicked out? Oh, my gosh. This is kind of funny. So, Tony gets ejected. Tony is changing Jason Garrett because, like, he's being forced to use him differently and be u- being used. They started running shtick concepts and curl concepts which they very did very little in the beginning of the game as soon as tony gets ejected they like went completely back to that and we finally threw an interception on a curl route on the outside uh with the pick six by mike leonard but i thought that was kind of funny that like as soon as tony's ejected it's like all right let's go we're going we're going curls on the outside with you know maybe some seams and and we're running stick concepts i mean when i mean immediately back to it back to that back to the bread and butter I love it. Which I am, I'm happy with the way Garrett's called games the past two weeks, except for there's, except for in, in within like the ten yard line, you know, like except that sprint out to fourth points. down. It's like what, what? Why would like, come on, man? Why are you cutting eighty percent of the field off when you already don't have much field, and and being like, all right, Kadarius Tony, you have to run a perfect route. Mike Lennon, you have to have a perfect throw, and it has to have perfect timing on fourth down like that just doesn't make any sense yeah and they ran towards the side where tony was the only wide receiver on the field i would have rather him rolled out to the to his left yes and where there's there so many things left. you could have done there and they yeah. picked like maybe the worst decision weren't they on the right hash mark too yeah it was it was unbelievably <laughs> stupid and then you go last week and you see the ingram reverse and stuff so it's like everything like before the 10 yard line i'm okay with and it's like once again the 10 it's just garrett i don't know um so three so I got Shep three. Are you still going Slayton four and Ross five? You. Yeah, it's close though. I don't think it's that close. I'm kind of out on Slayton. If, if Slayton was active on Sunday, he would have had a much bigger impact than John Ross. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I it was bad for me to say I'm out on Slayton. I'm not out on Slayton. I'm excited about. I'm just more excited about other people that are here, which is fair. So. All right, next question. Last question. Last one. Nicholas Nicholas at I am Nick Hearn. Hi, Nick Hearn. I am Justin. Going to my first 
ever Giants game this Sunday. God bless you. What parking lot do you guys hang out in? So, this is really fun. This is actually a really fun update. Um, Snacks and I are going to our first Giants game together this Sunday. Which also means that this will be my last Giants game because I'm getting my tickets taken away from me this Sunday. So, we're going to be tailgating the entire time and we're going to be sitting in the stands together the entire time. So, the parking lot in which we will be, because I am going to meet at Snacks' house and we're going to drive from his house to the game. We're going to be in L. Odds are we're going to be maybe on the curb, so like L16 is where we were for the Falcon game, so, but we will be in parking lot L. Um, so please come by, hang out, say hello. I don't think we'll have a huge tailgate, but we're going to have fun and, you know, um, we would love to we would love to see you guys because Snacks and I, are, for the first time, we're going to be hanging out the entire time. Usually I meet Snacks when I'm like on my way into the stadium. I usually never sit with them, so... This will be my first time going with snacks, and then also my last time. Because like I said, I will get my tickets taken away from me. Right on. I'm ready I'm ready to go for this Eagles. I'm ready to get up there for the Eagles game. Yeah, I'm ready to... I'm ready, I'm ready for the season to progress. Yeah, we're going to be winning. We're going to beat the Eagles. I'm going to enjoy football. Like, that, that's, that's my big challenge this Sunday is at least it's nice where the weather's still nice. And there's no expectations now. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. You know, I may watch the edge rusher stink. I may watch a little bit more of Xavier McKinney since I haven't gotten the chance to really look at him. And, you know, maybe I'll learn a thing or two about playing, you know, free safety. Um, I'm going to watch Andrew Thomas maybe a little bit more. Hopefully he plays. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. And I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy football. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode. We were fired up the entire time. We'll be back on Friday with our preview for the Rams. Very, my 2-0 prediction might come out earlier this year. Winnable, winnable game. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, sticking with us. We'll be back on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.